I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, and welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast. As always, thank you for joining me. Today, I have another episode of Interview with Anna Docti, and today we're speaking with Caleb Booker. He is a working psychic out of Canada, and we talk about his experiences, and we also talk a lot about him being a psychic, which gives us a very different insight, I think, compared to some of these other chats I've been having with abductees. Speaking with Caleb, we get a whole other outlook, which is really exciting, and which is also great because I felt like I learned a lot in recording this podcast, and I hope you as a listener will also be able to get something out of it. I just want to give a mention as well that Caleb has his own website, so that is www.thepsychicvillage.com. You can also find that link in the description, and you should go check out his website if you are interested in having a reading with probably one of the most skeptical psychics I've ever talked to. I also just want to give an announcement that I've started a blog, so pretty much every time I upload an episode of the podcast on the blog, I'll give a bit of a description, and also here I can post some different media as well, so an example of this is in this podcast with Caleb, we speak about an image a painting, I believe, of the being that he saw. So I'm going to grab that image and put it on the blog so you can also have a look so you're not just hearing him giving a description. You can also see that. So any other time I'm doing a podcast, I can upload some imagery or any other external sources. So that would be really great. So you can go and check out any more stuff there. The link for the blog will be in the description of this podcast. So you can go from there and have a bit of a look for yourself. I'd just like to thank Caleb again for joining me and having this chat. I've learned a lot and I hope you guys get something out of this as well. Hey, Caleb, how are you doing? Great. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Do you want to tell me a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So uh, my name is Caleb Booker. Nice to meet you. I uh, am a working psychic here in uh, St. Catharines. It's uh, in the Niagara region of Canada, which is uh, geographically interesting because we're we're sandwiched between two of the Great Lakes. I know you're, you're calling from uh, Australia, but do you know what the Great Lakes are? No. Can't say I do. Okay. So the Great Lakes are five of the world's largest freshwater lakes. And uh, we are in a kind of a funny spot where we're right between two of them, which means that even though our winters, we, you know, winter started here now, it's, it's cold, it's below zero. But even through the sub-zero temperatures, uh, it still stays damp in our town. Yeah, right. So uh, winters are tough. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, that's it. So anyway, that's that's uh, where I'm from. Uh, like I mentioned, I'm a working psychic. This is something that didn't come uh, easily for me. I think I, I resisted for a long time. When I was a boy, I wanted to be a priest. That was my big uh, 
wish, but I, I, as I grew older and I started getting things in and things, my, my experience didn't match up with scripture and over and over I had this conflict and, uh, eventually I had to just sort of confess to myself, this is who I am and start to live it, uh, which takes a long time. I'm 41 now and I'm still not used to saying any of this. Like it's, it's still, it's still weird. I have this uh, brass plate on my door that says the psychic village and it still weirds me out whenever I go into my office it's just <laughs> it's uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to get used to it because despite the fact that I'm really connected with spirituality I'm still a regular Canadian guy you know beer and hockey and you know maple syrup it's, <laughs> it's that's us you know and when I'm talking with my friends my buddies you know we don't talk about spiritual stuff. We don't talk about psychic stuff. And while from uh, Alien's perspective, everybody kind of agrees, yeah, probably nobody wants to talk about a personal experience unless they have like an uncle who saw something fly by one day. Definitely. So it's still a very strange thing. And and when I reached out to you, Dylan, because I I had this itch, I, I was... I get a lot of sort of do this now kind of instructions. I don't, I get insights about everybody's life but my own. I don't really know what's coming up for me. Yeah. But I do get sort of a do this now stuff. And uh, the other day I had this notion, hey, you know what, Caleb, it's time to start talking about aliens and your your connection with, with uh, alien life. And uh, I'm like, okay, this is weird. So I went uh, onto Reddit. I saw your post immediately inviting people out. I went, okay, that's interesting. I checked out your podcast. You ran it really well. I thought, okay, let's do it. So I reached out to you from there. And uh, so here we are. I want to know a little bit more about your psychic background. So what are you doing currently? Who are the people coming to you for guidance? Okay, that's a really good question. Because I have a lot of people coming to me who aren't looking for me, for what I do. And I, I've found myself actually a lot of the time on the phone talking people down from wanting to come see me um, because I'm not an entertainer. And so if someone wants a big thrilling experience, I say, well, you know what? There's a lady on Lake Street who is a total fraud, but she'll take your money and you'll have a great time. Go see her. But, you know, from my perspective, I'm in it to make a positive change in people's lives. And I abandoned myself to that process. In fact, you know, and I was kind of getting, again, I'm getting this feedback from God as I'm I'm driving one day. It's always when I'm driving, I get these sort of impulses. And uh, because I love driving so much, I think that's what it is. (laughs) I I got this whole, you know, yeah, you're going to have to keep really learn psychic readings. And I kind of negotiated and I said, look, all right, that's fine, but that's super embarrassing. So if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to actually have business cards with the word psychic on them with my name right there, I mean, come on. If I'm going to do that, then it better mean that when I have a conversation with someone, we're there to make their life better and nothing else matters. And I kind of got this sort of okay deal kind of from from God. And so that's that's where it comes from. Um, when people sit with me a lot of the time, it's because they're in crisis and we have to work our way through it. I, I always make a positive difference. Uh, about one out of eight times, I end up referring them to professional, like a psychiatrist or something. If something's outside of my depth, I'm not going to pretend that, oh, I have all the answers. No, I, I, need to, I need to help them. And if psychiatry is the real help, then that's where I need to refer them. Things that are off the table involve me pulling crazy stuff out of the air about your life or making super... I don't even care about being accurate. Um, 
because I don't even care if everything I say is exactly 100% wrong, which happens once or twice, but I'll tell you why it happens. It happens because this person's contrary. And if I told them everything exactly correctly, they would just do the opposite. So if I told them everything exactly wrong, then perfect. We've got them moving in the right direction. <laughs> that, that doesn't happen too often. There's not too many people like that. Now, having said that, a lot of the time I'll be talking to people and I'll just start talking about their life. I'll start talking about the people in their lives, how they feel about them, uh, how those people feel in return, uh, what's going on at work. That's a big thing. People really think a lot about work, a lot more than they would want to admit. And so we talk about work life, family life, uh, and that sort of thing. And it would just sort of suss it out. You'd be surprised. You know, people worry about work more than health, even if they have a major health problem. The way people prioritize is funny. But anyway, so it's all for me when I sit with somebody super clear. Uh, I use cards because I like the art. Seriously, that's the big reason I use it. And to get outside of myself, to sometimes you know, like make sure that I'm not just doing something stupid like reading body language. You know, sometimes I want to check myself, make sure I'm not, yeah. you know, being funny. So I'll, I'll use cards to sort of get outside of myself. But a lot of the time the cards just sit in my hand. I look at a person and I go, hey, guess what? I got a message. And that's the way it works. As much as possible, this is an exercise in putting myself aside in order to connect someone with the greater spiritual world. Uh, you know, so I got to act like a conduit. But a lot of the time, you know, a session will end and I'll think, you know, they could have found all those answers by themselves. It's someday, someday, Dylan, I am going to put together a system for an average person to do exactly what I do. Because I honestly, I arrived where I am by a lot of prayer. That's how I got here, okay. by talking with God and expecting answers. Because when I was a kid, I thought that's how it worked. I didn't realize people didn't expect answers. You know, I, I just assumed, you know. And so at first, nothing. And after a while, yeah, okay, this is what's going on. And I think, I think, I think anybody can get there, you know, um, with enough uh, humility and sincerity and honesty with themselves. I think you can get there. To dovetail into the uh, alien thing. When you start doing spiritual work, inevitably, you get involved with alien life. It's, it's one of those things you, you eventually just won't be able to avoid. There's a lot of ways I could explain why that is, and I'm not really sure where to start, except maybe to say that the universe is right now about 13 billion years old, and humans are 200,000. Like, we're, we're a barely a, a hiccup in time. And if it takes that brief of a moment for an intelligent species to evolve from, from nothing, then, well, it's ridiculous to think that there haven't been intelligent races for billions and billions of years. So imagine any race, any intelligent race that has about a billion years of evolution ahead of us. And there's got to be a lot of them. After a billion years, they probably transcended physical bodies at all. The spiritual world is full of aliens. Because why wouldn't it be? Yeah. A humanity a billion years from now when it only took 200,000 years to, to, to be what we are now? I mean, it, we are going to... I mean, it was dinosaurs were on the planet a million years ago, just a mere tiny little million years ago. It, it, it takes nothing for, for evolution to happen, almost no time in cosmic terms. You know, we're, we're probably going to just say, you know what, this physical thing, it's way too slow. Look at how slow my brain's working. I need, to, I need to change this up. And we'll find a way to move on. With technology right now, we're almost there. 
but let's not get into the singularity stuff. That's a whole other kettle of fish. So there's that. Uh, and you, you tend to run into this stuff a lot. When did you experience your first encounter with extraterrestrials? So that's a tough question for me to answer, Dylan, because like I said, I'm great at everyone but me. Right. When it comes to insight, uh, all I can tell you is, you know, I, I have systems to check my attitude. That's about it. I'm not very good with a, with psychic insights on my own life. But um, but here's, here's what I'll tell you. So I know that in my childhood something happened, and I'm not sure what, but there were a few moments of missing time in my childhood that I couldn't account for, didn't know what to make of them, strange dreams, uh, bizarre ghost encounter when I was uh, old, 10 or 11, I think I'm closer to 11, but uh, you know what, I'm not going to, I don't think that was aliens. But there was always something, there was always the sense that something happened that I didn't uh, register properly. And I wasn't sure what it was, couldn't put my finger on it. And then some friends of mine in town, for, through uh, spiritual connections, were having a kind of like a support group for people who'd had abduction experiences. And my gut said, oh my God, Caleb, you really need to talk to these people. And again, I'm like, okay, but I don't know what I'm gonna say to them. I mean, I don't have any conscious memory of anything. Go, go, go. So I reach out and I'm like, look, I want you to use your intuition. Tell me whether or not I should come to this meeting. And they're like, Caleb, come on, come on. You, you got to come to this. So I come by and we're talking and I'm listening to other people's stories about what they've been through. And it's it's uh, interesting how different they were from one another, even though these are all local people. That tells us something about geography, I guess, because, you know, we tend to kind of get anchored to, uh, well, this kind of alien in this area, that kind of thing. You know, I've heard a lot of that. At one point near the end, they were they were passing around a pile of pictures that they were just getting rid of. And these were paintings that an artist had done based on other people's descriptions of alien encounters. And uh, so I'm looking through them and I'm like, okay, light coming in through the window. Nope, doesn't resonate, whatever. Uh, a bunch of ghostly gray aliens around a bedroom. I don't know. And then uh, here's a crazy ball of light that's supposed to be a UFO and... You know, here's a man in black, men in black near their sedan, nothing. You know, I'm just, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I came here for no reason. And then this picture came out and it was this short roundish alien with lots of wrinkles on their face, working through the soles of someone's feet with these threads, these glowing white threads. And I looked at that and I went, oh my God, that's, that's it, that's it. That's what happened. And I connected with this, notion of these threads moving in and out through the bottoms of my feet and of having been taught in that moment in my childhood of how to breathe and stay calm and stay still because if I freak out and I start moving around too much I could injure myself through this process so I got to stay calm I got to stay cool and how this was all taught that I'm allowed to be as afraid as I want but that control over my body was not optional. You, I absolutely had to tell my body to feel calm, even though emotionally I was near panic. And this was suddenly very vivid, this, this notion of, of an alien darkened room, the, the glow from the threads illuminating their face. And it was years, years later when I saw the uh, film adaptation of uh, Communion. Was that Whitney Stryber? Is that yep. who wrote that? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and they have these, these short little guys and, and, you know, 
the rendering wasn't exactly the same at all, but the, the general notion of it was like, yeah, okay, I kind of get that. I completely don't relate to anal probing at all. There's, there's this notion of these, these little guys with the, with the cloaks, the, the, the hoodies. Um, the, I get that, you know, and this notion of them from an attitude perspective being a lot like a benevolent pet owner. You know how you meet people who are really good with their dog or their cat. It's that same sort of attitude towards humans, which is appropriate because, I mean, I can't imagine that our intelligence is anything like something that has billions of billion years of evolution on us. I mean, come on, we must be, uh, you know, dog level intelligence is, in comparison would be flattering us, I'm sure. Yeah. But, you know, so uh, we know nothing and that's OK. So I got the sense that there was a benevolence about them and that that instinct wasn't fake. It wasn't like a, a put on and that whatever was going on may or may not be to my personal benefit, but it wasn't malicious. So be cool with it. What was interesting about that was that this notion of being able to tell a part of my body, hey, I need you to stay calm despite how you feel, stayed with me forever. And I, and I uh, had gallbladder attacks a couple years back. And uh, gallbladder attacks can be just relatively uncomfortable or it can be really bad. I had one that was, when they asked me for the pain scale, I could not conceive of worse pain. It was 10 out of 10, throwing up, I was boiling hot, I was, and I couldn't stop writhing. It was just ridiculous. I, I made a real show of myself, I gotta tell you. And uh, it went on for hours. When it came time to give me the needle, I'm like, oh, okay. And so even though I could not stay still, I'm like, left arm, stop moving. And it was no problem because I had this technique from way back, you know, from when I was a kid where you just tell your body, hey, man, come on, because it's going to be worse if you move. And so despite the fact that my legs are shaking, you know, <laughs> you just had no problem with this needle. Ten years ago, you go to that support group, you flick through those pictures, you find that one which sticks out to you. Mm -hmm. Have you seeked out or come across anyone else who can relate to that picture or something similar because as you were saying people are there they can relate to men in black or gray alien mm. events have you come across anyone who's had a similar event to what you've put together no not really um you know i've had friends who've had uh, encounters with the grays uh, also reptilians yep uh you know i have friends who are uh, intimately acquainted lovely people by the way who you know the the reptilian thing has a whole conspiracy theory floating around it but there's never any malice behind the stories i hear about them so i don't know when i think about this experience i have the visceral sensation of these threads extending through the soles of my feet and up through my legs and through my bones and my legs and just moving in and out the sole sensation of physically these threads pushing in and out not painfully just you know, there's physical things moving through my body. But uh, as far as people in my life, no, I've never met anybody who related to this uh, this picture. Although, obviously, I can't be the only one because communion exists and somebody painted this picture based on someone's story. Yeah. Communion is one of those things I knew about and I'd always seen the cover and it was the gray alien face, yeah. right? And I'm like, oh, I've got to read that someday. And then I, I picked it up at a used bookstore, put it on the shelf, never read it. It's just one of those things that just never happened. And then I see the, the movie well after I ended up seeing the picture. And that was the first time that outside of myself, I'd seen another representation. But outside of media, Dylan, no, um, I have, I've never met another person who's, uh, who's encountered this particular species. Uh, I don't know what that means, but 
to be honest, I, I've had to force myself to be comfortable with being a little unusual. So, you know, there it is. Have you considered seeking out any hypnosis to regress any events that you've had or? Yeah, well, I'm a big fan of hypnosis. I've studied a lot uh, about hypnosis because it dovetails with meditation really well. Yeah. When you're really good, I'm, I'm, I'm become very good at, at going into trance states because it's um, it's useful for my work. Uh, and I, I travel through spiritual areas, gone to the edge of hell, age of heaven, a few interesting points in between. But I haven't gone to a hypnotist to regress, mostly because I am skeptical of my own ability to not make things up. You know, I, I fear going and inventing a memory. You know, that's that's my concern. I really don't want to do it. Um, I have another way to get at it, but it's just slower. And that involves allowing myself to get to know myself uh, during meditation, sort of opening up uh, more and more of my un- my locked away memories. And that's coming together. That's going really well. Uh, it, it comes out in, in funny little things like just remembering uh, being three and and uh, this shirt. I really liked this gray shirt with a sh- with a old sailing ship on it, and uh, I liked crawling into the laundry basket. Just like dumb things like that. That sort of like as you unlock things, you sort of reconnect with old memories. Uh, so it's it's starting to happen. And by the way, that little memory, I was able to get photographic evidence that I didn't make it up. I found it later. Um, <laughs> so it's all these little things. Because again, I just, I keep wanting to check myself, make sure I'm not making things up, make sure that what's there is an artifact or recording from the world. I, I'm the most skeptical psychic you will ever meet, Dylan. Just that there's, <laughs> you know, and, and so to that end, I, I don't... Uh, trust my own ability to uh, go through hypnosis session and not come up with something. And that's in regression therapy, uh, the the regular danger. So what will happen in a hypnosis session is that somebody will come in with a, a problem. And if you use regression therapy, regression therapy just says, go back to where this problem started. Now, that point might be in this life. It uh, often is, usually is. So you go back to that point when you were a kid or you were 15 or whatever, and you have that encounter with that source moment. You go to that that moment and you deal with it. Uh, However, every hypnotist in the world, no matter their beliefs, when they give this instruction, go back to when this first happened, they always have to deal with about a quarter of the people going into a previous life. And in that, they adopt a new accent, sometimes stop speaking English. Uh, They will sometimes speak languages that consciously they don't know. And uh, describe a scene. They'll describe a, uh, an inciting moment, and, and they'll cope whatever the trauma is—the inciting trauma. And so, in those moments, that seems real. However, there's the other kind of regression therapy where someone says, "I want to know who I was in a past life." And when that's done, people will absolutely come out with a story. But other things don't happen when that's done, like language. It's always your accent, always your language. And, you know, you're always famous somehow. It's, you know, and, and so in that moment, those people come out and they're like, wow, it was so vivid. Okay, well, yeah, but I have a vid- vivid imagination too. It doesn't, you know, what does that mean? This is all, this all came out in my study. And again, the takeaway I, I, I got from it was if you're going to do a thing, don't do it for entertainment, do it because it's going to heal something. That's a good reason to do something. 
But outside of that, you know, not that there's anything wrong with entertainment. Laughing is good. But, uh, to, you know, it, it's a you got to be careful about where these ideas come from, you know, so that that's why I'm hesitant. And and I I take it with a grain of salt when someone else has gone through that process. And I, and I, I hate to doubt other people's testimony and other people's experience. But and I know that people have successfully used regressive uh, hypnosis to unlock abduction experiences and really do some healing but the ones i've heard a lot of them and the ones that really made a lot of sense were when someone was doing it specifically because it was a traumatizing event and they wanted to heal from it Mm -hmm. and when they describe those moments and they just they they go through it it all rings true it all makes sense but when it's for entertainment i don't know you know it's tougher to say what's going on and when you get into this stuff i mean it's there, there's no logical system you can use to say this is real, this isn't. You just have to develop a gut for it and tell yourself, hey, even I could be wrong about this. I don't know. We'll, we'll just see. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. In your line of work, have mm. you ever had anyone come to you who has claimed to have an experience? Yeah. It doesn't tend to be a main focus of the reading. I mean, people have come and they've mentioned it. It's mostly like, uh, hey, is this anything I have to worry about? And when it's somebody else, it's easy to answer. Uh, you know, I can go right in and say, oh, you know what they were up to? It's they needed to run this test and you were available. Nothing personal. Don't worry. It was benign. You have a bump you probably don't know about. It's inside here. And, you know, it's nothing. It's just a monitoring device to make sure they didn't screw you up. But that's it. A couple of times, because it's not exactly the most common question in the world. Hey, I had an abduction. But in the few times I've had it, that was the answer twice. 
Okay. That it was just a, hey, we needed to run some tests. You were around. You know, nothing personal. Uh, the other time, it had everything to do with a person's life mission. The reason they came to Earth, the reason they were living this life, uh, was to uh, explore a certain set of ideas and principles. And this had everything to do with uh, alien involvement. Sometimes it has everything to do with exploring the idea of time, what it is to observe time in the strange way humans do. Because we, we have a very unusual way of perceiving time in this whole linear fashion where one thing happens and then you never go back to it except in memory. That's odd because most existence involves moving back and forward. Everything is, everything is has, will happen. Like it's all, time isn't a hole you're falling down. It's a plane that you travel. And so there's a lot of testing that happens with regards to seeing if humans can perceive time differently, seeing if they can travel differently. The physical plane, you know, how how can we nudge it without destroying reality? Little things like that. So some people are doing that work. But what's important about that work is that it's not important. <laughs> um, it's it's just uh, like it's it's important from a sort of, a, you know, scientific discovery perspective, but it's not morally important. It's not important to the evolution of the species, right. you know, that, yeah, that yeah. stuff. It's just sort of cool. You know, why wouldn't you? If you if you had a way of looking into that, absolutely you would do it. What's amazing about eternity, which is what we're we're dealing with as people with souls, is that success isn't terribly important in any given life. You know, all that's important is that you gave it a shot. And whether you succeed or not, that doesn't matter. If you fail, that just means, okay, that didn't work. Let's try it again. And you start another life. Because it's eternity, man. A life, a whole lifetime is a, is barely a blink hmm. so you know flutter your eyes you've done a hundred lifetimes and one of them succeeded ah we found something that's that's how science is done on the galactic scale so so you know there's no real stress when it comes to fulfilling these purposes you know when people tend to think of it these ways you just do your best and try to enjoy the ride as we kind of mentioned earlier, I at the moment I'm looking into a lot of synchronicities with abductees and that's kind of just my research at the moment. So I want to ask you, have you had any synchronicity or any sort of events that have made you look maybe a little bit deeper into your experiences or even that maybe led you to discovering more? Well, yeah, uh, there's one big, big one that really spelled out for me just how I did our lives can become or how guided or scripted you know we got the sense that everybody's life has a blueprint we're following yeah and that uh it's not really your job to follow the blueprint because you're going to fall backwards into it it's just what's going to happen so my relationship with my blueprint I've, I've been sort of understanding that a little bit more and i'll give you an example so i'm married when i met my wife we had all the same friends we hung out at all the same places for about two, three years. This was the case, but we never met. I would walk out of a place. She'd walk in like we heard each other's name, whatever. You know, it, we never actually ran into each other. Never went to the same. If we went to the same parties, you'd miss each other. It was just one of those things. And like, whatever, I don't know who this person is. So who cares? Then uh heard my friend was dating this girl and uh great. I had never met her. Uh, I saw her from afar at one point. That was it. And then one night, I don't know, I'd had a lot to drink. Uh, I'd had a half a bottle of Captain Morgan scotch sitting there in my friend's living room watching Buckaroo Bonsai. And 
I was thinking about my relationships and I was thinking and I said to myself, you know what? I am not good for women. I, I am not good at all. I've got this girl out in Scotland that's pining for me and, and I, I can't, I'm not going to be able to make that relationship work. And that's, she moved away and that's it. It's, I, I really have to figure out how to say no and, or how to say goodbye. And you know what? No more relationships, no more commitment. And I like made it like this, like sacred oath kind of thing at the moment. I just no more commitment. So movie ends and I stand up and I go to the window. I look out and I see my buddy Tim uh, on the street with, uh, with Sandra. Little did I know they were kind of breaking up. Not amicably. It was fine. So I went down. Hey, how you guys doing? And uh, that night, Sandra and I spent the night together. And every night ever since, wow. it was she was the one. And I did my best to screw this relationship up because I'd made an oath. And uh, so I, I really tried. And she was like, no, I know this is this is going to work. And hey, you know, thank goodness, because honestly, she is the exact right person for me. I mean, we're so different in, in a lot of ways, in all the ways that will drive the other person to think in a new, from a new angle, in a new way. I can't talk about ghosts with her, for instance, or she can't sleep at night, you know, all sorts of things that I can't go into and meanwhile she sees a pile of paperwork and he'll just go through it i can't i see a form i freak out i'm like i can't fill that out uh, you know we're, we're, we come at life from very different angles but that just means that we've pushed each other to uh to see things in new ways and there's no doubt in my mind that before i was born she and i put our heads together and said let's make a life together and when you look at the circumstances that happened, you looked at how we didn't meet until I don't know. By saying I was never going to be with another person again, I cleared something out. I don't know exactly what it was. I mean, it's the lifelong relationship. It's it's we're really good at fighting. We're really good at we're really good at making up. We're really good. Uh, we we share. I mean, her office is next to mine, and we, and we how did that work? Um. And, and again, I, I don't have anything to do with the success. I mean, yeah, I, obviously I do, but I try, I put a lot of effort. But, but really, this relationship came together because the universe said, now, yeah. <laughs> you know. And the amazing effort that fate must have gone through to keep us apart for all those years when we knew all the same people, we hung out of the same places, you know, it was uh, it was amazing. And I've met a couple people like that, but it was really mostly just sort of a window into uh, the mechanism of fate. Over the years, I've seen that mechanism work in different ways in other people. And uh, there always seems to be a very clear delineation of this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, then this is going to happen. But apart from those milestones, I will say that free will absolutely exists. You're allowed to say no. You're allowed to check out early if you want. I don't recommend quitting life early, but I'm just saying. And you're allowed to, to become whoever you want to be. But the the big things, well, you you planned them before you were born. You, you wrote that stuff down with the, I don't know, I get a sense that there, this isn't done just by us. We have a committee that helps us plan this stuff out. Uh, I'm not alone in that thinking at all. That's that's not my original thought. Uh but I, I do get the sense that, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that uh, that that rare occasion where uh, there's a collaboration work with, between a, a person in, in this life, a human in this life and an alien. 
some sort of ongoing process that that has everything to do with this blueprinting, uh, this this planning of a life, and that they're participating in that on a on a spiritual level, uh, and it consciously like they know this is why you were born. This is this is what we're working towards together. Oh, that's interesting. But I wanted to run a couple of things past you. Uh, the first thing is that I got, and by the way, I'm, I'm super sensitive about privacy, so I try not to peek into people's lives and things. But um, that's one. I, but I got right away that it was divine guidance that led you to doing this podcast and to having doing these interviews, and that you are really well equipped to do them. Just from a like in in ways that only ten or fifteen years from now, when you look back, you'll appreciate. I. Uh, just a lot of little habits you have about how to do an interview you're you were well wired for so this is important in some sort of healing the world kind of way what you're doing and, and please keep it up but the other thing was uh about the, the place that aliens have in in uh the public consciousness yeah uh we're going to see a shift in the next i'm going to just leave it wide open because it, it's it's subject to uh a lot of factors, but somewhere in the next 20 to 30 years where it's just accepted that there are aliens and nobody really gets it. Now, from a government perspective, it's worth acknowledging that uh, here in North America, we are the most suppressed by our governments when it comes to UFO and alien stuff. But to take a little bit of wind out of the conspiracy theorist sails, the reason for that is purely because nobody wants to admit that they don't know what's going on. And so there's layers of bureaucracy that have been built over decades that everything have everything to do with creating an illusion that we have things under control. And that's it. There's no... I, I'm not saying that aliens don't work with governments in some minor capacities, but not in any way that matters yeah. from a from a society perspective and and really the main reason for all this secrecy over working with aliens is because they just don't know how to talk about it. it it's so weird and there's layers and layers of bureaucracy to keep the secret that have been built now just in order to create the illusion that we've got things buttoned down locked down we understand things and it's all under control and the need to project that is evaporating as more and more ridiculous politicians get elected. The the fact that we keep electing people who don't know what they're doing and who do an awful job uh, helps a lot because it, it helps sort of remove the illusion that the public needs to believe in their government because, oh God, they really don't. And, and, and still, we still have a society. So, you know, maybe it's okay then that we start admitting we don't know what's going on with these yeah. aliens. So... That takes time, though, because, again, policies are policies and who takes them away, who who clears them away. And there's policies, you know, within organizations, within different branches of the military, then the government and all that stuff. It's it just it's not a question of find a senator or a governor that's willing to clear off the, the thing. It's a question of just working through mountains of red tapes so that legally nobody's going to get imprisoned or sued for talking about this stuff. And, and that's it. That's all it is. Um, a lot of conspiracy theorists will tell you that it's something a lot more elaborate, but my clear sense on it is it's really that simple. Yeah. That we just don't, we don't, we haven't figured out a way to talk about it yet. And we're, we're still coming back from uh, an age where 
we were worried about the Russians taking over America, you know, it's just yeah, like yeah. <laughs> this crazy stuff. So um, anyway, they, that's that's going to happen gradually as, as the government slowly comes out. As far as uh, aliens are concerned, they have no interest in influencing us one way or the other because they have the perspective of time. Um, you know, they just they, like, no, if it takes you another million years to come around, great, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, there are unevolved species that are around that are kind of human level, but they're very much reined in by the more evolved species. So when you get those weird stories about cattle mutilation and things like that, those are some of the uh, less evolved species out there. They exist. What's important to remember about aliens is that if you can imagine it, it's there, you know? Mm -hmm. So you get such a wide range of aliens are like this or aliens are like that because it's all true. I mean, and we we cover that near the beginning. Uh, You can't really just summarize it with a single trite, you know, aliens are like this. Um. But there are species that are physical still and only moderately more clever than humans. And uh, they do look at us like interesting samples to experiment with. But they're prevented from doing all that much harm or assaulting us all that much outside of... It's much less than the crime rate of humans against humans. You know, it's it's much lower than that. There's, there's, a, there's quite a bit of policing that goes on to keep them from uh, screwing with us too much. Not that we're all that precious, but just you just don't do that to another living being. It's just that sort of understanding. And again, that attitude is not about them being better than us. It's just that you either adopt that attitude or you drive yourself extinct. I mean, that's just the way it all shakes out in the end. So, yeah. <laughs> so that that's sort of the the uh, the mental picture of the uh, the world on Earth, of aliens on Earth that I, I kind of uh, start getting clearer and clearer in my head. As far as this notion of like direct interaction with aliens, they aren't all that interested um, because why would things change now as opposed to any other era? I mean, you know, it doesn't matter to them. But having said that, if you're looking for spiritual guides. It's best to really just reach out to the infinite source of love and and understanding. And if you end up with an alien contact, great, awesome. That's that's really cool. But your goal should be a lot more higher than that. And as long as you're staying targeted on on love and and on and we gotta figure out a way to talk about love without sounding or feeling weird. I, I don't know. Every time I say the word love, I don't know if this is just me being a guy. <laughs> it, I get a kind of a funny sort of a, you know. I know what you mean, yeah. Flinch, yeah. yeah. You got to start talking about this stuff because love's good, man. Yeah. You know, it's it's like, the, you know, without it's feeling like a hippie. It, it's, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, no, it's the only sensible way to think about things. Come on, come on. You know, and all, all other thinking is inferior. Uh, so as long as you're pointed in that direction, you're good. But uh, talk directly with God, with the source. And if you want to learn more about God, talk to God. Don't read a book. It, it, God's all ears, man. And he's ready to talk if you're ready to be quiet enough to listen. But you'll you'll never have God forced down your throat. That's how you know you're actually listening to God. It's because it's an offer, not a not a, a forceful act. Uh, or a rule, 
you know, or something like that, or an absolute of some kind. So, yeah. But, uh, but love's the instinct. That's been great. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, Dylan, this was fun for me. And uh, if you ever want to reconvene or if you want to talk about a current event with a yeah. psychic or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Get in touch. I will. Okay. I'll, yeah, I think I'd like to talk to you a little bit more as well, sure. even about some um, paranormal stuff. I think that would be interesting yeah, in the future. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, great. Yeah, if you want to just pick a topic and we'll talk about that topic. That'd be awesome. But, uh, okay. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Hey, you're welcome. Nice Great meeting you. You too. See ya. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.